0: And you can literally get on a plane in Lake Charles one stop to the world. And that's, that's not an exaggeration. So having that connectivity I think is critical. Think about a community that doesn't have high speed internet and it's really no different when it comes to uh, commercial air travel because that's what really keeps our economy connected.
1: Thanks for joining us on Louisiana's Playground Podcast, your roadmap to all things Lake Charles, Louisiana. I'm Brady Raynard.
2: And I'm Anna Strider. We're excited to bring you episode number 16 as we talk about the authentic stories and experiences that Southwest Louisiana has to offer.
1: And look, we've got a great show for you. Episode 16, Sweet 16. That's what we're calling this one, episode Sweet 16. We could have our
2: own MTV show about it or our own podcast.
1: You know what? That's a good idea. Let's have our own podcast about the podcast. That's I love what I'm it. thinking. We talked to Heath Allen, the executive director over at the LCH, the Lake Charles Regional Airport. A fun conversation that we really get into a lot of interesting points about the airport, how it's growing, how it's improving, and how you, a visitor or someone that may be flying in or flying out, will really be able to see and enjoy the changes moving forward.
2: We're going to talk about all of the different reasons why Lake Charles Regional is the airport we should be flying out of.
1: But before we talk about that very interesting conversation, you should know the drill by now. And if you don't, you will soon. It's time for On The Eats.
2: Each episode, Brady and I head out to a local restaurant in the community, and we bring you all the details of where we ate, what we ate, the atmosphere of it, and we call it On The Eats.
1: This week, we head across the interstate just a few hundred feet from the visitor center as the crow flies to Steamboat Bills, one of the most recognizable brands in all of Lake Charles, Louisiana.
2: And that's because they literally are right off the interstate. Whether you're heading eastbound or westbound on I-10 right there, this is a staple. The parking lot is always packed, it seems like. They have a great lunch and dinner crowd. And it's just truly one of those places that you know about it, whether you've been here or not.
1: Kathy Vidrine and her family moved down about 40-something years ago into the Lake Charles area, and they fell in love with what we had to offer. And so they opened Steamboat Bills in 1984. And now they've already spread to two different Lake Charles locations and four total, making it a mini franchise.
2: Kathy and her family have really become known for their seafood items on the menu, as well as just that punch of flavor that is in every single bite of their classic dishes. And that comes from their seasoning that you can actually buy there, which is their Steamboat Bill's seasoning. And it's on every single table and right at the front when you walk in. And there are just so many great options on the menu. I know one of my personal favorites is the Achafalaya dinner, which is fried fish, just perfectly battered. And then over top is the etouffee. And I typically do the crawfish etouffee, but there is a shrimp option too. And it comes with just a fluffy roll on the side. And I can tell you when that is what I am craving, I have to have it immediately.
1: For sure. And in fact, one of my favorite things to get, because I do like a little bit of everything. I mean, as someone that grew up in Cajun country, it's just in my blood to kind of want a little bit of everything. And they have a sampler platter where you get to choose three of their Cajun dishes and it all comes in one plate. I always typically go with one of the gumbos, their seafood gumbo and chicken sausage. Both are very good. Sometimes I get two gumbos, yes, I know. Uh their red beans and rice. It's one of my favorites in town. Absolutely. If you've never had red beans and rice, or you are a frequent orderer of red beans and rice, you will not be disappointed either way. And then whatever their special is, whether it's their penny pasta, sometimes it's catfish cubillon, sometimes it's even a chicken, okra, and sausage sauce pecan, which are both tomato. Tomato dishes, the couillon and the sauce Pecan, but both very, very good. That's really, to me, the thing that I would suggest ordering if you go because you get a little bit of everything from their menu and it's all very excellent.
2: Of course, you can order up any of these options, but they have so many more on their menu, including fried gator. They've incorporated fried fish tacos. Their pistolets, they are absolutely known for. They are stuffed to the brim with etouffee. They even have their swamp fries, which, oh my gracious, is your typical fry and stuff like a trash fry or something. It has etouffee, again, smothered all over it. They have stuffed baked potatoes and then specialty meals. And in season, they have soft-shell crab and other dishes. But...
1: Anna, we're burying the lead.
2: We are. We really are. Because this particular trip, we went for one reason and one reason only. Crawfish. 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 It's time. It's a season. And we had to do it.
1: Crawfish season in Louisiana is the fifth season, if we're being honest, right? Like it's as much of a season as fall and winter and summer. And obviously we wanted to take advantage of that and really pass along one place that we think does it really, really well. And Steamboat Pills absolutely does it. And something they also do a little bit different than most places is, many establishments around Lake Charles will not start serving crawfish typically on an average day until about 4 p.m. That's really the usual. Steamboat Bills, and I know Seafood Palace is another spot that does this, they will serve it during lunch hours. So if you're having lunch around a normal lunchtime, you're actually able to eat boiled crawfish as we were during our trip recently.
2: They have the audience for, and they just do it right. The crawfish there are seasoned incredibly well. And If you have not had crawfish, there's many tips and tricks that need to be understood. And I'm a number of years in the making and learn something new, I swear, every time I eat crawfish with somebody new that's born and raised in Louisiana.
1: The crawfish, you had said that they were seasoned well. and. Typically, a lot of places you go, they kind of watch out on the spice level because you never know who's going to eat it and you would rather kind of err on the side of caution. There, they want you to just appreciate them as they are. And there is a bit of a kick for those that really struggle with heat. So I guess be mindful, but also don't let that deter you from really trying their crawfish because there is some kick to it. And I think it's all the better because of the spice level of them.
2: And- if you're a first-time crawfish order, there's many things to know, and the staff at Steamboat Bills will, of course, help walk you through all of it. But you do buy crawfish by the pound, and when you buy it by the pound, three pounds is like a smaller order. And five pounds and up is really a healthy size order in that large tray that you kind of see pictured in most of the examples that you might see online. The orders also come typically with potatoes and corn. You can add on sausage and dip, which is something that we did today. We each got the sausage added into our crawfish and I'm a huge dipper, so definitely get the dip.
1: The best part is that the vegetables and the sausage really retain all that flavor from the crawfish and all the seasoning. And it, you can eat it in a new way that you've probably never had it before.
2: When you're eating crawfish, it's so much more of an immersive experience. You can guarantee that you're going to probably sit there much longer than you might if you were just eating a sandwich. But that opens up for great conversation with everyone that you're around, even in a restaurant sitting. So if you're just stopping in or you're making your itinerary to visit for the weekend, make sure you give yourself plenty of time to enjoy the meal.
1: And I think that's something that's really special about crawfish. And as you can see from our juxtaposition questions that we do with each of our guests, when they choose crawfish, the camaraderie that's built over a platter of crawfish is really what kind of sells crawfish as a whole. Yes, they're delicious. Yes, they're fun to eat. But it's the process, I think, of eating them that is really the special part about the crawfish. And at Steamboat Bills, they do that really well.
2: So it's just a great place all around. Their service is top-notch. They are quick and the food is always consistent and delicious. So next time you're in town, stop in to Steamboat Bills on the lake right there off by 10 or if you're in the downtown area or on the other side of town closer to the 210 loop, you can head to their Broad Street location, order up all of the delicious meals from this family-owned and operated business.
1: From a great male to a great guest, we welcome on Heath Allen, the executive director of the Lake Charles Regional Airport. He's been in that role since 2008 previously serving as president of the Louisiana Airport Managers and Associates, and is also now actively involved with its executive board of directors. Allen is a lifer here in southwest Louisiana that has made his mark in the airport business with additional affiliations with the American Association of Airport Executives, Airports Council International, and the Small Airports and Air Service Committees. And now his greatest accomplishment, appearing here on Louisiana's Playground Podcast. Welcome to the show, Heath.
0: Thank you. Glad to be here. I appreciate the invite.
2: Absolutely, we're excited to talk with you today because we know that Southwest Louisiana has so much to offer. We have our big city amenities, small town charm, but what's really great about it is that you can get here by air and that's what we get to talk about today. But before we dive into our conversation, we have a few questions to ask you to get to know you a little bit better. Are you ready? I'm ready. righty. Crawfish or gumbo? Crawfish. Crawfish. Is it because it's the season?
0: It is, and I, I always feel like with a crawfish ball, you know that that is like Louisiana. You know that's a that's a get together with family, friends, and it's always a good time. I mean, I don't think I've ever been to a crawfish ball, right, and had a bad time. And certainly, you're going to eat good at, at at the very least.
1: Yeah, compare it to a SeaDoo. Someone says money can't buy happiness. What well, can buy a SeaDoo? And have you ever seen anyone frowning on a SeaDoo? Have you ever seen anybody frowning at a crawfish ball? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So they're comparable.
2: I agree. Yeah. And it's funny that you. Everyone who's really said crawfish lately has been referring to a boil. Yes, it's the crawfish aspect, but it's the whole gathering component that brings people together around the crawfish. Absolutely. All right. The next one: poolside or beachside?
0: How about a pool by a beach? Well, well Wow, that's that's <laughs> next level. Okay. <laughs> No, uh,
2: <laughs> we're, we're that's, the, that's the life of an
0: executive director. <laughs> exactly.
2: We're aiming for that. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, uh, that's almost like trying to, you know, ask me to pick my favorite kid. Um, but but I would probably go with beach. I really like the water. I like the water in general, but uh, it's hard to beat a beach.
2: All right. Our final one. Concert or comedy show? I'm
0: going to go concert, mainly because... There again, with with concerts, I've always been pretty pleased. I love live music. I've been to comedy shows. Some of them were great. Some of them were not so good. So uh, (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) concert. And
1: luckily here in South Louisiana, a ton of great concerts and musical acts. Like It always is really impressive the list of artists that kind of come through uh, whether it be kind of Blast from the Past, like I know Chris Cagle is coming up pretty soon. Remember he had that song, The Chicks Dig It? Remember that? That one was oh, popular. How could I forget it? <laughs> that was popular in eighth grade for me. I remember that one. And then we have people like Lainey Wilson coming in who now is, you know, miss country music. So, And everything in between. So what a great place to love music and be in, huh? Absolutely. So from our questions that kind of get to know you better to the topic, of course, at hand, which is all the offerings that the LCH, the Lake Charles Regional Airport, gives the community and the multiple ways that, you know, both are in that symbiotic relationship where both kind of benefit each other. Ultimately, what are all the offerings that LCH really gives to its guests?
0: So our primary purpose in life, I guess, is the movement of people. Um, And we do that in several ways. Obviously, the greatest contribution to Southwest Louisiana is through our commercial air service, obviously being that connection to the national and worldwide air transportation system. Uh, But we also do it in other ways with the private aviation and then, of course, with the helicopters. So we're a major base for Bristow Helicopters, which is the largest operator of commercial helicopters in the world. And they primarily service the offshore oil and gas industry, obviously a big component of our, our economy. But, yeah, it really comes down to the movement of people. Uh, when, you, when you strip it all down. How do you feel like having an
1: airport uh, and one as obviously busy as you guys really impacts the citizens of Lake Charles?
0: Sure, so it's definitely a direct impact for folks that need to get from point A to point B. That's sort of in its simplest form, but it's also indirect impacts in that uh, you might not ever step foot on an airplane, but it's still an impact because there might the company you work for might be here because we have air service, or maybe they wouldn't be here if we didn't have air service. So I definitely think it's both direct and indirect impacts. We refer to the airline system as the original World Wide Web. So it's about connectivity and you can literally get on a plane in Lake Charles, you know, depending on where you live, 10 minutes from your house, one stop to the world. And that's, that's not an exaggeration. So having that connectivity, I think is critical. It puts us in a different level. If you think about, you know, back to that World Wide Web, if you will, comparison. Think about a community that doesn't have high-speed internet. They're sort of at a disadvantage to communities that have high-speed internet. And it's really no different when it comes to uh, commercial air travel, because that's what really keeps our economy connected.
2: When you talk about connectivity, I know we have two airports that we have direct flights to, and that would be the Dallas-Fort Worth and the Houston Intercontinental Airport. And that really does bring in visitors and like you said, business from across the world. What has it been like to grow those different destinations and continue to bring people here and expand that air service?
0: Yeah, so to your point, we've had commercial air service at this airport since 1961, and it's, it's gone through a lot of transitions since that time. So you had, you know, they were heavily regulated back then, so basically the government told airlines where to fly and how many times, and you saw bigger airplanes, and they might have three people on them, to where now, since deregulation, it's it's very much, airlines are very much run on Wall Street. So... The days of empty airplanes flying around uh, don't happen anymore, and we're constantly trying to grow our options. We're fortunate to have two major airports, uh, especially with DFW. I mean, it's I think the, if I'm not mistaken, the fourth busiest in the United States behind uh, Atlanta, Chicago, and Los Angeles. So um, we've got two destinations, but they're uh, we're fortunate to have major destinations. Pretty short uh, segments between those two, so. Really, a a short flight, and you literally have hundreds and hundreds of options in terms of of, of cities that we fly to. But we're always looking for for additional de- destinations. We're always uh, out recruiting. I was two weeks ago. I was in Chicago at a at an airline dating meeting, which is uh, exactly as it sounds, where you you sign uh, sign up for who you want to talk to, and they ha- they can either accept you or not. So we go and have little conversations with airlines. So
1: kind of take us behind the curtain. How does that conversation go of wanting to add? a destination? Is it as easy as it kind of sounds or what's everything that goes on behind the scenes?
0: Yeah. So it's actually very difficult and more difficult now than probably it's been in in, in quite some time, just because um, the airlines are, are short on pilots. So they have lots of staffing issues that you see uh, or you hear about in the press. That's certainly uh, a reality of the industry. And what that does is really constrain their opportunities for new markets and that sort of thing. So it actually is very difficult uh, and that process is uh, it, it's, it's strictly up to the airline, um, and it's a matter of us going and you have to have that, that you have to have that story, not just the story, but uh, you have to have the facts behind the story of why they're going to make money because that's the bottom line. Like I said, they're they're publicly traded companies. They don't fly around these airplanes as a as a public service. Um, certainly, it is a public service in terms of the importance to the economy to the communities that they serve. But in terms of the company, it's not a public service. It's, uh, it's all about getting that stock price up and return to shareholders, and that's, that's the bottom line. So you have to show them that they're going to make money on a, on a specific flight in a specific market. Uh, and that's really when you strip it down, that's what it boils down to.
1: Are Are there any possible destinations that you as the executive director is really interested in to help maybe expand the offering?
0: Yeah. So we have sort of our 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 hit list, you know, our top not top 10, but we definitely have a, a, a list of priorities uh, for sure. So number one is uh, and especially there again right now is all about retention. So retain what we have, grow what we have with the existing airlines. So that might be more frequencies, So more times per day that they fly in and out of the airport, larger aircraft, which we're starting to see. So those are things that we try to do with our incumbent airlines, uh, United and American. Our number one goal right now is, uh, and it's, it should be no surprise to anyone, is an East Coast hub. And really you only have two options there would be Charlotte or Atlanta. Unfortunately, Delta's not been real interested. Um, they don't accept our, our uh, invite to, to hold hands and talk, unfortunately. <laughs> so, but I do think, uh, you know, I don't think it's a, in the near term, it's a possibility, but I do think Charlotte is probably our highest probability of a new hub. Uh, and it's a great hub to fly to. It's not as big as Atlanta, but that has its advantages that it's not as big as Atlanta. Um, you know, they say that uh, if you're going to hell, you have to pass through Atlanta first. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Charlotte actually is a really great hub. We would love to have that, that hub. Um, and that's definitely definitely our priority. And then past that, we look at some other options as well. Some of these less than daily airlines. So um, more of a leisure type situation with the allegiance of the world, the frontiers, which we talked about earlier. Uh, some of these other airlines and we do talk to them and have really really good conversations Uh, but as you can imagine there's they have lots of opportunities before them to serve different markets
1: and i just wanted to point out as you kind of did that the two destinations that lch offers to both dallas and then obviously houston if you look on y'all's website you have the spray chart then from where those have direct flights to and that's basically a who's who of where you would be flying anyway absolutely
0: Yeah, when you get to some of the secondary cities, especially there on the East Coast, you know, sometimes you may have to have a double connect. But for the vast majority, I mean, there are just lots and lots of options uh, from that one stop in either one of those hubs.
2: I know you're talking about stories and so much of what we do comes back to that storytelling. And I had my dad just fly in for his first time from Dulles in Northern Virginia into Lake Charles on United, and he had never flown into a regional airport. And part of that story that he came back and was excited about was just how convenient, how easy it was to move through the airport and how friendly everyone was when he arrived. It was just a whole new experience for him to come in to LCH. And I know that's gotta be something you all talk about when you're on these dating conversations.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what we're selling is convenience. Um, You know, we we don't have direct flights to hundreds of destinations. We're not always the cheapest. Uh, But we absolutely we can beat Houston every time on convenience, Um, you know, more than likely you're not going to have much traffic getting to the airport. Uh, You're certainly not going to be standing in long lines at the airport and you're going to move through pretty quickly. So absolutely. And I, I think regional airports in general have that advantage of being able to sort of spread the passengers out and make it make life a lot easier as far as that, because uh, it can be cumbersome, especially if you're traveling with a, a large family. It can be very cumbersome going through those large hubs. And especially if it's, you know, I like to call it, I compare it to planes, trains and automobiles. If you're taking the family to Houston, you know, you're driving, you're hitting traffic, and then you're getting on a probably a bus unless you want to pay like $30 a day for parking in one of the garages. Uh, And they're more than likely, you're going to be on a train as well, uh, getting from terminal to terminal. So, uh, you don't, you don't experience any of that here. You park at the front door, walk in and literally parking lot to gate within 10, 15 minutes. And that's if you're checking a bag. so.
2: But the best part is that the parking is free and the convenience, I mean, when you pull in, you are right there at the doors and the lot is, it's not like a crazy parking garage that you have to figure out. It's very easy. And free, and you walk right in.
0: Uh, We're one of only two that I know of on the Gulf Coast, two airports that have free parking. So definitely very atypical in the industry. For most airports, parking revenue is a major, major revenue source. We look at it a little bit differently at Lake Charles. Uh, certainly, we have to keep the lights on, and that we have bills to pay, like uh, any other organization or any other household. But uh, we view the park, the free parking, as a major draw for the airport. Certainly, you know, for marketing, even if you know, does it make a huge difference for a lot of, for some people? I think it does. For a lot of people, especially business travelers, it's probably not as big of a difference. But I think just from the marketing value that we get out of, as we're struggling to, and 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 always trying to get more and more passengers to fly out of Lake Charles, I think the marketing and, and the the storyline, we always talk about the number one thing people talk about is our free parking. So when you look at it from that, that aspect and the positive publicity that we get out of it, we think it's, it's it, at this point we think it's more valuable to have that than to try to get the revenue off the
2: parking. And, and you're talking about so many upgrades that you're bringing to the airport, refreshing it. And a lot of that's been possible with a federal grant that you all just got in March from, the CARES Act and coming out of Hurricane Laura and COVID and all of that. And y'all are putting a, that to great use.
0: We are. You know, we talk about the challenges that we've had, and, and that's not news to anybody who lives in Southwest Louisiana. So we started out with the pandemic, obviously. I mean, literally brought this industry, the airport and commercial air service industry, to its knees. We, On our worst day for the pandemic, we had five passengers go through the airport. So, um, you know, it went from Initial days of the pandemic, it was really quiet. and It was interesting. I was sitting in my office. And I was like, man, this is kind of nice. No meetings. And, uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's quiet. No, no, not not a lot of calls and everything. And then you have that day where it's five people. And it's like, oh, my gosh, we might not have an airport if this keeps up. So the alarms, alarms start going off. But I say all that to say, you know, that combined with the hurricanes, lots of challenges, extremely challenging, a couple of uh, two or three years. And we probably got another another at least year, I would say, from the airport standpoint, before we're fully recovered in terms of having all of our facilities reconstructed. But with all those challenges come opportunities. And um, to your point, the, the silver lining is lots of grant funding. We're fortunate in this nation that we have a, a government that steps in on, during challenging times. And in, in this case, whether it was the pandemic or the hurricane, Opened up tremendous opportunities for us to go out and seek grant money. They didn't just give it to us. We had to go out. We had to go out and get it and make sure that we were well positioned to be to uh, to receive it. Um, but yeah, so we're we're taking that those funds and really reinvesting into the airport. And I think we're going to end up with uh, as you know we're 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 a small market. We recognize that, but we've never let that be an excuse for not you know trying to put our best foot forward. I have a friend of mine, he, he runs a, a smaller airport up in Wisconsin. And uh, he I loved what, what he talked about one time. He's like, you know, we're, we're a small airport. You know, we're we're at chihuahua. But when we look in the mirror, you know, we see a Great Dane staring back. So that's kind of <laughs> how I want, I want to position our airport. You know, I don't want us being a small airport, to be ever be an excuse of why we don't have the best facilities that you can possibly have, the most well-run organization that we can possibly have.
1: In terms of total, it's just shy of $30 million since 2020 that you guys have been able to to kind of receive. What upgrades have you guys been able to make with all that?
0: Yeah. So some of that grant funding actually helped us fund our operations during the worst of the pandemic. Because when you think about... the pandemic obviously with no passengers coming through the airport you lose that revenue we lost our gift shop we lost our restaurant uh, hertz rental car actually pulled out of the airport for a period of time american airlines actually paused service uh, for a period of time so that's a lot of revenue that you lose and as i mentioned before we have to keep the lights on. We still have bills to pay and everything. So some of that funding helped pay for our operations. But then we took about half of it and we've done things like uh, expanded parking. So we're doing a, 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 an, actually an employee parking lot, but in effect is an expansion of the public parking because now we're taking those employees that were parking in the public parking and move them into, into their own lot. So uh, we're expanding parking by that way. We've got a fixed base operator, so Freeman Jet Center is sort of our private aviation terminal. So we're constructing a completely new facility uh, for those guys. So when we have corporate traffic coming into the airport, maybe it's uh, uh, executives from one of the one of the local industries or something like that. Obviously, we want to put a put a, a good foot forward there. They may be coming to Lake Charles to consider an investment. So uh, we definitely want to want to. Want them to be impressed when they show up so just a lot a lot of different projects and then add to all that all the reconstruction that we have so hangers we'll end up having about four or five hangers that we we've got one that's nearing completion right now uh, we've already completed a couple of sets and we'll probably have three or four more that we're we're getting that'll be getting underway shortly so we'll go from actually having more hangar space than what we had pre-storm when all is said and done so all of those grant fundings there again you know, it's, it's been a challenging time, but it's also opened up a lot, lot of opportunity, to, I think, put uh, that the airport will be well positioned uh, on the backside of all of these challenges.
2: And that's essential for continuing for passengers when we've talked about so many of the disruptions that we've had that are weather related to for a space for those aircraft to get out, out of the weather or be able to quickly be repaired and keep those. Flights on time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I love our climate. Um, I'm a warm weather person. But, you know, us being 30 miles or so from the coast with a salt breeze is not ideal for uh, air, you know, very technologically advanced aircraft to sit out in, the, in this weather. So it, obviously, uh, hangar space is, is critical in, in this region.
1: You touched on the 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 volume of, of uh, people there on the planes and the planes coming in a while ago. If, if I'm not mistaken, you guys had 61,000 passengers last year, which was an uptick from the year before, uh, about 15%. But I think what's interesting is that it was the same number of flights. So you're seeing more people on planes, you're seeing more freight coming in. And you talk about that trajectory, and it seems like it's kind of paying dividends there.
0: Absolutely. We've seen a tremendous recovery from the pandemic uh, and we recovered pretty quickly. Um, and I, I think that kind of, you know, speaks to our econ- the type of economy that we have, um, you know, a lot of and we're still seeing, you know, definitely we've seen a transition of a lot of different industries of how they're going about business. Maybe they're not traveling as much. But when you look at our type of economy, still somewhat oil and gas based uh, industrial, you can't do that on a Zoom call. So those guys got on, back on airplanes pretty quickly and the folks coming to visit Lake Charles, you know, had had to get here. So I, I kind of predicted that we would recover quick and, and certainly we did. But now we're really seeing um, we had our best February in over two decades. So since 2008, uh, we've not we put more passengers on, uh, on the airplane this past uh, February than we had since 2008. So, I mean, that's like you said, we, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but that's over two decades ago. <laughs>
2: Over, That's incredible.
0: Over, yeah, and we had we had the best Mardi Gras. I mean, all of our flights were full. Uh, we've got larger aircraft, so certainly that helps. Uh, larger aircraft. We've not necessarily have more frequency right now with the air, airlines, uh, but we have much larger aircraft. So, uh, with, in, with regard to Americans, so more seats in the market uh, obviously helps us to capture more passengers. Do y'all have any any upcoming projects or anything that is different from obviously the the new upgrades that y'all are having? We've got literally. 22 active projects right now. And these are all capital expenditure type projects. So, uh, and then we've got a couple of more that we're working on getting funding for that I think will be really, real exciting. Uh, one especially moving forward. But yeah, so we, we do have a, a lot of the work that we do out at the airport is um, sort of behind the scenes. The Average passenger would never see it because it's a lot of concrete, right? Lots and lots of flatworks And it just, you know, concrete is just not real exciting. Uh, whether we're overlaying a taxiway, you know, nobody really cares that it's new asphalt that we, that they're taxiing on or taking off on. Right. But it has to be done. So that encompasses a lot of what we do out at, at, at any airport is uh, flat work. But we do have some some what I would call public facing projects that I think are going to be real exciting. One is and when we talk about the terminal and, and doing things to modernize it. We're putting canopies out front. Um, So this will be a really big uh, convenience factor for, you know, on days like it's not raining right now, but uh, it will be later. And, uh, you know, right now you pretty much have to unload your bags in the rain. So. Uh, We've got these canopies that'll be put out so on arrivals and departures, which will span all lanes of traffic. So that'll be really nice. We're looking forward to that. We've got a new airport entrance road that's coming in. Um, So it'll be this new, really nice entrance into the airport, uh, which also will serve a 156-acre economic development site that we've got, uh, which we hope to uh, market for non-aeronautical type developments, and whether it's businesses, hotels, whatever the case may be, different things not only contribute to the economy, but help the airport. Uh, we haven't really talked much about you know how the airport operates but we're very very lean 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 operation so 75 percent of our revenue that it takes to operate the airport comes from our operations so that's landing fees that we charge airlines it's rentals it's uh we've got over 30 tenants out there and they all pay a uh, vast majority play a ground lease to the airport and that's really what what helps us pay the bills and and keep the airport operating? So it's important for us to continue to develop that land. We've got nearly two thousand acres, which is a pretty big. Uh, makes us one of the larger, uh, you know, in terms of land mass, one of the larger airports in Louisiana. So we're trying to leverage that land to. Continue to grow the airport. As we grow the airport, it opens up more opportunities for different things, and certainly takes the burden off the, the local taxpayer, uh, which our burden is minimal as it is. But um, you know, it allows us to do a lot of these projects, and, and we've got we've got a lot lot of lot of good plans of uh, of different things that we want to we want to do. That I think you know some the some the passenger will will definitely see some not so much, but equally as important.
2: And when you're talking about this land space, you're so close to Burton Coliseum and McNeese State University that the, this is just an addition to be able to have that there to build in the community and continue to close the gap from where the airport is into those facilities that are really right there down the road and host events and things that bring people together. All year long,
0: absolutely. We want to, We want to try to capitalize on those synergies, and Burton Coliseum is a is a great example of that. As, especially as we start talking about things that we want to do, the airport won't necessarily develop a hotel, but we, we're hoping to get someone interested that will. And certainly, Burton Coliseum and events, as they continue to have more and more events, will certainly play into that.
2: And speaking of events, we've got some exciting ones coming up this spring. And one of those is the Chenault International Air Show. And that's not held at the Lake Charles Regional Airport. That's actually held at Chenault International, but Lake Charles Regional is a sponsor of that. And that's going to be May 19th through the 21st.
0: Yeah, we're really excited. I mean, I, I'm an aviation guy. I have been all my life, so uh, nothing gets me more excited than an air show. But yeah, Chenault is a tremendous partner, and, and we certainly want to support everything that Chenault's doing. We definitely see as Chenault, Chenault's success, whether it be the air show or anything else that they do in terms of their impact on the economy, is certainly an impact on the airport because obviously economic activity generates people getting on airplanes, which is important to regional. So um, it's sort of that uh, rising tide lifts all boats. I mean, that's probably not a not a good a good uh, term to use since we're talking airports. Clear but skies.
2: yeah, yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to work
0: on that one. But no, uh, joking aside. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we, w- we want to support that. Uh, I mean, it's an aviation event. Of course, we want to support that. But it's extremely important for us to. Um, and when we talk about staffing issues, and I mentioned that with the airlines, uh, extreme shortage right now in terms of pilots so it's important for us sort of that grassroots efforts to get out there and support an event like like the Chennault international airport show because i can tell you I, I i can remember to this day going to an air show as a kid with my grandfather and that was i don't know that that was a thing that just made me determine you know i'm, I'm getting into airports uh, but certainly it did it didn't hurt when you see the aircraft. I mean, I mean, aircraft are just really cool, you know, especially ones that go fast and make a lot of noise. So I I definitely see the value in having uh, the Chenault Air Show and us being a part of that and hopefully inspiring, you know, the next the next uh, round of pilots to come up and get interested in aviation.
2: When you say fast and loud, we have a number of different shows that are going to be happening during that three-day weekend to speak to that, and the U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds are going to be here, the U.S. Army Golden Knights, and a Friday night Twilight show. So really, all weekend, it's going to be something that's loud, fast, and exciting, and if you haven't attended an air show, like you're saying, it's something that really can inspire and something to put on the calendar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Some of the things these guys do in aircraft are just uh, really mind-blowing. And and you mentioned the Twilight show. I, the first time I'd ever seen one was one of the previous uh, shows at, at Chenault. And that in and of itself is, uh, I mean, it's just something unique about that, you know, uh, them flying around at night and the lights and everything. It's really cool.
2: It has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today about Lake Charles Regional Airport and. All of the many reasons why we need to book a flight to whatever destination anyone wants to go to or to come visit us here in Lake Charles to make sure you do it and hop on a connecting flight from Dallas or Houston and into Lake Charles. So thank you for joining us today. Thank
0: you again. I appreciate it. It's been a a fun conversation. So I love talking about airports and you guys make it easy. So thank you.
1: Thanks again to Heath for joining us here on the show. And thank you for taking time out of your day to spend some time with us here on the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please, can you follow the podcast? It's the little plus button right there on your screen if you're looking at it. And leave us a rating or review, you know, while you're there.
2: Each rating or review helps us to be able to continue to bring you the unique experiences and offerings that Southwest Louisiana has to offer. Go to visitlakecharles.org slash podcast for more episodes, where to eat, events happening this weekend, and a link to the Lake Charles Regional Airport website so you can book your flight. I'm Honest Ryder,
1: and I'm Brady Raynard. Thanks for taking time to come and play on Louisiana's playground. Say to you.